You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. On this episode of Cheesehead Radio. The 2022 Packers schedule is hot off the presses. While the rookie minicamp has already wrapped up. Meanwhile, we grade the positions. And we take a deeper dive into the wide receiver situation. Four quarters of Packer Talk. Right here on Cheesehead Radio. Hello again, Cheesehead Nation. We're back with another episode of Cheesehead Radio, now on our 13th season of doing this crazy thing. Now, unable to join us tonight is our esteemed podfather, Jersey Al Bracco. So I am... Jersey Al is out? All right, suckers. I guess this is where I'm staging a coup. I'm taking control of this show. CD out of the driver's seat. My name is Kelly, and it's time to make Lambeau Field rock. We're we're not at Lambeau Field. Um, we're um, yeah. Well, you know what? We've got some new blood on this podcast, riding shotgun. Let's give a big introduction to our best guest we'll ever find, John Heesh. Let's give him a big cheesehead radio welcome. Hey everybody! I'm glad to be on board today. We 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 might be getting ahead of ourselves here. And the guy now moving to the back of the Packer station wagon is the one and only CD Angelique. Gratuitous pleasantries aside, let's talk some Packers on the Hot Mess Express. Can, can, can you watch the road? There are yellow lines that are there. To, to... Alright, like I said, Jersey L's not here. He's out whining or dining or whatever Jersey L's do. Um, welcome to the show, my buddy John, who is... Been kind of harangued into joining us tonight. So welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me, Kelly. I'm a long-time listener, first-time guest. I'm very excited to uh, be able to chat with the UNCD and all the listeners out there. So we actually haven't been around since since the draft, right? So no, lots been going on. Lots of news. Uh, none of us were correct on our choices, our picks for the draft. I don't know if you noticed that, Kelly. Um, I had a pick, but he wasn't. A second round, he went a lot lower down, but I was kind of right. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, none of us got what we wanted. We didn't get the wide receivers we were hoping for, but Christian Watson appears to be a pretty intriguing choice, uh, trading two second-round picks for one second-round pick. That was a hefty price, but for a guy who appears to be a freak of nature when it comes to athleticism. So were you guys happy with that move? I'll go. I have to say, CD, I, I was happy with it. I He was somebody who was on my radar to come in. Um, the only negative that I had kind of seen in, in, in the, the film that I'd watched of him is sometimes his catching ability, it, it seems to be lacking a little bit. I do worry about his hands, and um, I'm not so worried, you know, playing at North Dakota State. Uh, but he's a big target, which I love. Um, I think he'll fit along well on the opposite side of Alan Lazard, and um, I'm excited to see what he can do. I think Al hit it on the head a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about him. He is the MBS replacement. He's got lots and lots of speed, and like MBS, he's not always great at catching, but if he can draw coverage while he's figuring it out, that's a good thing. If I were to draw a comparison, which I think is probably one of the best comparisons I can make, he reminds me less of MVS and more of, say, Javon Walker. That type of athleticism, speed, but, you know, just that little bit of freakishness, freakishness of, of nature. 
Um, I hope he lives up to it. I mean, Javon was a pretty powerful guy for us uh, when he was hot and with the team. If he can live up to that, I think we, you know, we don't need a guy who's all world like Devontae Adams. Love Devontae Adams. Love, love, love Devontae Adams. But we also know Aaron uh, Rodgers has a tendency to pick a favorite and sometimes wants to force that ball. And Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback when he really has multiple options and he's willing to throw to any of them. So <laughs> it's a, he's a great target. I'm, I'm down with it. That's great. Let's move on to our first quarter. And, of course, tonight the NFL schedule was released. We've been getting bits and pieces of the Packers' 2022 schedule. We got it. All 16 games. We got eight home games. We got eight away games. It's a 16-game season. No, we've also got one neutral site game. That's the one we've already announced uh, against the Giants in London. So let's run through this. Uh, John, some first initial thoughts looking at this schedule. What's jumping out at you? On on first glance, it, it looks pretty good. I would say opening with two divisional opponents is interesting it's going to kind of set the tone for the whole season and one being a, a primetime game Sunday night against the Bears um, I, I think overall we come in matching up pretty well in those first two games and I know the one that really stood out to me obviously going to London that's you know first time that the Packers are going to be over there there are a few different team options you know before they had released um, I'm a little disappointed it was the Giants um, that we got matched up against over there just you know marquee wise and and that but um, no bye week after London. That one was, I don't know if that's new, but that's really what stood out. I was thinking we were going to have an early bye, but then it doesn't even come until week 14. Um, and that's kind of how it's been the past couple of seasons where we've had a later bye and it's actually worked out really well for us. So opening up with the two division um, opponents and then coming back from London and that long flight back, it's going to be interesting to see how the guys recover after that. Yeah, however, if you, you listened to, to or saw Kyle Kuzini on, on Twitter today, he was breaking when the buy was before it actually was official. And it sounds like like LaFleur really likes a late season buy when everyone's wounded and, and trying to heal up as you're heading towards the postseason. So I guess I'm okay with the buy, but yeah, I wish it would have been a longer stretch, like maybe a Monday night game afterwards, so that they'd get at least one day to get more to get unjut legged. I guess I'm not surprised that we're going for a Brady Rogers matchup and that's the Bucks um, season opener down in Tampa. It's going to be a tough three games. You know, you look at, at the Packers fandom and if we lose any one of these, they're going to be freaking out, even though it's early in the season. Um, yeah. So we've got some, some tough matchups right away. And then we play the giants, the jets and the commanders, which I just can't get used to that name. So it looks like we at least are padded with some teams that we could ease into and uh, be okay after that, that, that trip for the pond. I think um, a couple of interesting notes, the Packers are tied with the most primetime games uh, of any team in the NFL. They have five prime timers. I think that's the max you can have at this point. We also have, I don't know, what is it? Three, four, five, three twenty-five kickoffs, central standard time. So I, I, we kind of remember that a little bit last season, um, how rare these noon kickoffs were. And, of course, if you grew up in the 80s, um, all the games were 12 o'clock kickoffs because the Packers were nothing special. So we never got a late game. We never got a primetime game. So, I mean, it was that was standard. Uh, Fixins was to always have nothing but noon games. Now the noon games, I think there's what? The Jets, the Commanders, the Lions, the Bears. And the Dolphins. I mean, that's the only noon games scheduled all season long. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting because yeah, I'm I'm I, I remember that. And even a couple of years ago, we had mostly noon games, even when before that season where they canned McCarthy. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see the Packers getting some love in um, the prime uh, scheduled uh, slots. But for those of us who live on this side of the state, I hate driving back after late games. You can just give me your tickets. That'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> John and I'll go. That'll be fine. That's right. Yeah. Uh, John hit on a really good point, too, that we do start with two divisional uh, matchups. But the last two divi- the last two games in the season are also divisional matchups. So we start with two and we end with two. Uh, so there really only leaves, you know, two other games in the middle there. But that's all of our home games. They're either in the first two games or the last two games. So we play, we host the Bears in week two. And then we, we finish the season hosting the Vikings and hosting the Lions. That's really kind of interesting to see how that end of the season is turning out two home divisional games to finish it off in January. Yeah, the one thing I do see also, you know, the once we come back from London, we have the home game versus the Jets, but then we're on the road for three games. And that's, you know, that's the longest stretch that we're on the road. But, um, you know, one of those games is at the Bills. That's going to be a really tough matchup there. Uh, and, you know, I'm hopefully at the commanders and at the lions are, are ones, you know, road games that we can squeak out pretty comfortably, but it's just, you just never know. And three road games in a row is, is pretty taxing, but looking at the travel to us, you know, taking the London game out of it. Um, it doesn't look like, you know, we do go to Southern Florida twice with Tampa and the dolphins. So those are longer trips, but aside from that, um, we're not, we're not making cross country trips. Luckily we're in the middle of the country, so we don't have to travel as far as maybe Seattle or, or the LA or San Francisco area teams do, um, with that. Yeah. And you know, that bills game is kind of exciting because I'll be honest, the bills are like my favorite team outside the Packers. If I had to pick a team to follow would be the bills. Josh Allen is awesome. Packers playing their first primetime game ever against the bills. And if I'm correct, the Packers have never won in Buffalo. So that's kind of a a pretty cool game, pretty cool matchup with the old dog Aaron Rodgers going against the young buck, Josh Allen. Uh, Boy, they played a spirited game uh, in the playoffs this past year. So like I said, I'm looking forward to that game. That's a day before Halloween, so that'll be a good one. So looking back at the, the first three games, CD, what happens if we lose one or two of those games? Do you think we'll be in a tailspin freaking out, or do you think they could... Kelly, we can lose one bear. game at any point and, and everyone will and freak everyone's out. freaking out. So if you're going to lose games, I mean, the biggest thing is you don't want to lose divisional games if you can help it. But, you know, reality is um, that you look at this schedule in general, um, the divisional rivals right now believe that they have already won their Super Bowl with their offseason. To be fair, other than the Bears, there was fairly impressive drafts um, by by our divisional opponent. There were some pretty good moves, good trades. Obviously, the Vikings traded with us for us to get Christian Watson, but then you know they made some good on those two picks. So, yeah, I mean the the <laughs> you have to wonder, you know, at some point that gap between the Packers up here and the rest of the division down here, you know, we want it to stay like it basically has for the last thirty years, but. Eventually, it's going to close. So, yeah, those those are becoming big games, especially as as Aaron Rodgers is entering his the swan song of his career. Yeah, it's interesting that it's bookend with the beginning and the end of the season with with several divisional games. So it looks like the NFL wants to build some drama. And Kelly, uh, it seems like we have the Cowboys coming to Lambeau Field. Any interested in that game at all? 
yeah. And I think it's, yeah, for obvious reasons, everyone knows it's, it's going to be McCarthy's first game back. Um, I was definitely on that, that um, pitchfork and torches group that wanted him gone. But it's going to be interesting because now we're going to be three seasons into the Lafleur offense. So Rodgers won't be as predictable to play against, especially since he doesn't have his favorite targets anymore. So it's going to be interesting to see what Lafleur puts up against McCarthy because I think it will be possibly very run heavy. And, and I think this may actually be an interesting defensive game for the Packers. So let's do some preliminary uh, predictions here. You can see the schedule. Where are going to be the bugaboos? Where is going to be our win streaks? And how do you see this one ending? John, we'll start with you. Oh, um, I am. I land in the camp of when Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback, we're going to go 17-0. and 0. Um, That's just how much faith I have in him. Um, I do see, I, I think we'll start off 0-1 and, uh, and then go 1-1 one one after the Bears. I think. I think through into going into the game in London, I think we'll be two and two um, at the Buccaneers. It's just going to be so hard against Tom Brady. Um, I think ultimately, I think we go 12 and five. Um, and I, I think we will win the division uh, and, and we'll make the playoffs. I think there's just going to be without Devante. Uh, it's just going to be some, some learning curves. I'm super excited about the defense though. Uh, but I just, I think that we have, you know, these three rookie wide receivers we brought in, and then who knows if Sammy Watkins is going to be healthy at all or ever. Um, so I think Rogers is going to have some growing pains again, and he's going to be very frustrated. Uh, but I think it'll get ironed out, you know, in London. And as we come back uh, the next couple of weeks, and um, I think we have some tough road games and I think they're going to trip us up in those road games quite significantly yeah i'm coming up with kind of a similar number um i think the first three games we're going to lose one of them and i don't think it's going to be against the bucks i think it'll be the bears um even though it's at home because it's just that'd be the perfect drama for everyone to lose their minds um yeah the bills will give them trouble i think the titans could be a tough game and looking down further possibly the rams i think We'll, we'll lose a division game or two just because this is a different regime. It's a different, you know, wide receivers. It's going to take Rodgers part of the season to get used to his, his team. I do think we will beat the Cowboys, though. So I think we'll be somewhere around 12 and 5, 11 and 6 by the time sudden. And I think it'll be enough to get to the playoffs, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to predict um, a win loss. I mean, I usually put it around 11 wins. 11, 12 wins. I think so much comes down to balance right now. Uh, and I think, as John said, and I was nodding my head uh, vicariously as he said it, so much comes down to what is going to happen with this defense uh, and the additions that they have through the draft. The guys they brought in, uh, free agency, obviously last year, Rasul uh, came in and was amazing. He's back. Devonder Campbell, he's back. They've put a couple pieces in on both the uh, defensive line and the linebacker. Everyone else is returning. I mean, honestly, the defense is better this year. And it was already pretty good last year. On offense, I think you're going to have a more balanced attack. Uh, as I said, I don't think Rodgers is going to have a guy to focus in on, and he is always better when that happens. I think they're still committed to that run game. I think A.J. Dillon has really established himself as being the man. Love Aaron Jones, but I think AJ Dillon. This is his. This is his his team in the run game. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm going to look at this this schedule and I'm going to say 
I'd initially say 11 wins, but you know what? I'm going to push it up to 12. I, I think this is this is a, a decent team. I think it's another last dance team that's going to do okay. Honestly, guys, it doesn't matter. What matters is what's going to happen in the playoffs, and that's where the wheels have come off the last three years. So if we can't do that, we can't figure out, we can't figure out that balance and keep the balance from the regular season in the playoffs. As as John said, we can go 17-0. and And if we can't do that, it really just doesn't matter. Yeah, we won't talk about that 2011 season where they had <laughs> one loss and then completely flamed out. <laughs> so that'll take us to the end of the first quarter. Clearly a win for every Packer fan to know the schedule. I'm sure uh, Green Bay hotels are getting phone calls left, right, uh, kayak, and every other uh, flight <laughs> uh, app out there is filling up with people trying to get in. So big win for Pack fans. Second quarter, we're going to move on to the rookie minicamp. We talked a little bit about our draft picks at the top of the show. Uh, Quay is with the group and, of course, Christian. Uh, Kelly, take us through a little bit of some of your thoughts here so far on our rookie minicamp. I think one of the players that really stood out was Devontae Watt. He really was on uh, LaFleur's radar and really liked his intensity just for that little minicamp of get to know each other. And if you look at some of the the writers covering the minicamp, Wes Hodkowitz was really commenting on the Georgia guys all found each other and are already working on, you know, reestablishing the chemistry they had in college. Uh, it is kind of neat that we have some of the same graduating class. But what really stands out to me, and this, this is a guy that chances are won't make the team, but when you're from Northeast Wisconsin, it's really cool to know that um, they picked a local kid, at least invited him to camp as an undrafted free agent, and that would be Kendall Karsh from little old St. Norbert, where training camp is hosted. He's a safety. Um, it was originally played for Pulaski, home of the Red Raiders. And... If you talk to people that have followed St. Norbert football, and I, you know, I'm from the area, so I have friends that still go to St. Norbert games, he really was, for a small-town school, a very effective safety. Very hard-hitting, and who knows? He might be a dark horse that could make the team. I'm not going to hold my breath. I think the last time they had a local guy, it was many, many years ago, and... No, it wasn't many, many years ago, but they rarely ever make it out of camp. But it's kind of nice to cheer for a local kid. Yeah, I was you know, watching the draft. I was, I was a little bit surprised about both the first round picks. Um, they weren't necessarily on my radar, you know, having you know done some mock drafts, just, you know, read the, the mock drafts that some of the professional mock drafters do uh, listening to your guys' podcasts. Um, but I think Quay Walker really fits what, the defensive scheme will be. Um, I, I I think that the only hard time I have is how good that Georgia defense was last year. You you it's hard to say which guy or guys was the reason that that defense was so strong. And so the numbers might not be there for either Walker or Wyatt, but um, you know having them be familiar with each other, uh, and then also having Eric Stokes, you know having played with them as as Kelly had mentioned the Georgia guys. Um, I think they they drafted specifically for what they needed, uh, and and I'm really excited. Um, I think both will will do really well. Um, I I mean everything that I'm reading, Quay Walker's passing the eye test. Um, he's big, he's physical. Uh, you know he'll hopefully take some pressure off Devondre Campbell. Um, you know, and defensive line we've seen year after year after year how. It, it's just a war of attrition, and um, I think Devontae White's going to get a lot of playing time, uh, and, and hopefully he'll be able to step up and you know be a huge factor. Yeah, John's got a really good point. You know, 
with the defensive line, there's always somebody out. If we have another person that's ready to go, I think we might be able to spare them injuries just from overuse. Yeah, definitely. You know, Devontae Wyatt was the one who I think there was a little chatter as he came out that he may have had some character issues and, you know, there was a little, some red flags, which is maybe why he fell a little bit. Had some really, really great quotes, <laughs> you know, where kind of, t- I, I can't remember the quote exactly, but it was something to the effect that, uh, he was kind of saying, you know, what's it like being back with you, George? He says, you know, those guys are my brothers. But I said, right now, Kenny Clark uh, and all these guys here, these are now my brothers. You know, this is my team. And it just just kind of warmed your heart. So here's a guy who may have had a little rough go at times in life. And he, he's really establishing himself, not just on the field, at least so far from what we've seen in a rookie minicamp. But he's talking the talk, too. And that really gives me a lot of confidence in him, in him. Uh, going into this season yeah if there's character issues i think he's got some good role models to look up to on the defensive line you've got you've got kenny clark you've got rashawn gary who i think would be a fabulous role model for him yeah hopefully he's hopefully he's more rashawn gary and kenny clark than dayton jones that one still uh that one stings (laughs) a little bit that one in the justin harrell pick those ones are like just i can't what were we doing but um you know, it, it, time will tell, but you know, as mentioned, it, we need every single one of those guys up front. Um, and, and I think, I think he'll, he'll fit right in. Well, you know, that's the old Ron Wolf, uh, Ted Thompson mentality. You have to take a defensive lineman every year in the draft. You got to take someone because I think speaking to your point, John, defensive linemen seem to have some of the, I don't know, lowest percentages of hitting you know you you know you either hit and you hit well and you get a guy like kenny clark you get some guys who can go in and be stud players or at least good role players but yeah i mean when you strike out on a defensive lineman it just stands out as a big big failure and and it just seems to happen more often at those positions and maybe it's just more notable maybe we just notice it more but yeah you go jamal two small reynolds and dayton jones justin harrell i mean there's a long list of those defensive linemen that haven't worked out. So, you know, you really do believe that um, Brian Gutekunst has done his homework on Devontae Wyatt. And, you know, this is going to be a great pick because obviously when Devontae Wyatt was picked, there were still a couple guys on the board. There was a lot of Packer fans still wanted. So a little bit, a little bit of a microscope on him. But, you know, like I said, as Matt LaFleur says, I love his intensity and I think he's going to be a good one. And that'll take us to the end of the second quarter. I would call that a win. I think so. I think we're two yep. and zero so far. Yep. Off seasons are great for like winning streaks, at least when we talk about stuff. Just gives every team so much hope. The draft and everybody's zero and zero, and the schedule comes out, and they're all. Every team has podcasts going just like we're talking right now, and twelve mm. and five, and you know seventeen and zero, <laughs> and you know nobody and nobody's then, saying four and fifteen or four and th- whatever. Math is hard. Four and thirteen, you know, but. <laughs> And it's really interesting when I was looking at some of the players out there for free agency, every beat writer for every team, it's like, hey, these five receivers would fit great with our team as well. It, it, it's tough. And as you look at the Bears, you know, you just can't go a day without some Bears person saying, oh, you poor Packers, we're finally better than you. I'm like, you've been saying that for 33 years, dude. Moving on to the third quarter. Jersey Al has given us a homework assignment that I think we're going to fail miserably, but we'll give it a shot. We'll try. Uh, so, and I'm going to let you guys do it. How's that sound? Um, I'll just guide you through it, but let's take a look at the positions. Now that we kind of have this depth chart that's worked out, I'll kind of run through the players. Let me know how you're feeling about some of these guys. So let's start out right now 
with our quarterback room. And John, I think I know how you feel about it. Right now, quarterback, depth chart, we got Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love still on the team, Kurt Bankert, and Danny Eltling uh, all on the team. How are you grading this group right now? Well, I, you know, as previously mentioned, I'm in the camp of give Rodgers a lifetime contract, pay him whatever he wants. Um, but I also say that knowing that his track record in the playoffs has been sketchy at best. Um, I think as long as Aaron Rodgers, you know, back-to-back MVPs, I think as long as he's the quarterback, it's got to be an A or an A+. Um, I am not a Jordan Love fan. I don't think it's there. I think that's evident by the fact that they have brought Rodgers back, especially this offseason. Um, I, I I just don't know. Um, I would have liked to have seen them move Jordan Love and, and – um, and see what they could get for him. But for me, Rogers forever, it'll be an A for sure. And it's not that I don't like Rogers as a player. You don't like Rogers as a player. I don't, I like him as a player. It's just, I think this is a show me year. We know he's got MVP, like you said, MVP quality talent. We got to get a little further into the playoffs. Yes. We've been to the NFC championship game. What, what, three, four times and have not made it to the next level since Super the Super Bowl in 2011. Um, I am worried about the backups, though. It's not like you have a Matt Flynn, who I had a little more confidence in. Um, Jordan Love is a huge step down, and I really hope Rodgers doesn't get hurt because we're absolutely positively screwed if that happens because I wanted to like Love when he played the week Rodgers had COVID, but he really can't seal the deal. His I don't like his mechanics. I don't like the, the fact that he lacks accuracy. Yes, he's a little speedy on his feet, but I'm very disappointed with the lack of progression in two years. So, yeah, I'll give him a name as long as Rodgers is healthy. <laughs> that was a long way to get there. Yes, it was. But it was a, You spun a little spider web and then took a little while to get your way back out. If I had to grade the whole receiver or the quarterback yeah. core, it's like it'd be about a C plus if you had if you weighted everyone else against Rodgers. But I guess that's the fact that he's Rodgers. An A as long as nobody gets hurt. Got it. Glad, okay. Glad you're coming over to my side, Kelly. Yep. There you I, go. I've never hated him as a quarterback. It's just <laughs> yeah. when he starts talking about vaccines and. Uh, and and horse paste and yeah that's when i too that i mean you know kelly we've talked about this i am the same way i i am pro vaccine i don't like his stance as a person and a lot of what he does off the field but just win baby just win that's where i am but now winning the playoffs gosh darn it by the way only in green bay can a player win an mvp two years in a row and then come back the next off season well you know this is really a prove it year for me it is a prove it year oh my god So anyway, moving on to the running backs. Uh, Aaron Jones still sort of listed as our running back one, but A.J. Dillon, as previously mentioned, uh, great two-headed attack there. Kylan Hill still on the roster. Patrick Taylor, Tyler Goodson, and B.J. Baylor draft choices over there. Where do you guys rate this group? I like the top two. Um, And I don't know, you know, Kylan Hill getting injured last year, um, that kind of stung. A little bit. This running back draft class wasn't great overall, um, you know, and deep at all. Uh, but hopefully, you know, one or one of these guys can kind of come in and do something. I, I just, I think that we have to give the ball to Dylan a lot, feed Quadzilla, um, let him let him eat, and um, you know, and, and spell him with with Jones. But when one of these guys gets dinged, whew, it's going to be tough. Um, I, 
I am a positive person, so I'd like to say B, but um, aside from these top two, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'd rank him a B or a B minus. Uh, is Kylan Hill even ready to come back is the question. I have not heard about his rehab after his injury. It's a pretty gruesome injury. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure he'll be back this year. So, but boy, those, like you said, those top two, it's not a bad, not a bad fantasy team there. Moving and if, on. And, and if, oh, wait, before we move on, if Kylan Hill isn't able to come back, and I would not be surprised if he's an injury settlement, an injury waiver at, by the end of camp, um, is there anybody out there in free agency they could pick up? I always ask Jordan Love to move back there. <laughs> Give him some something to do. So let's move on to wide receiver. We're going to talk at wide receiver at length in, in a little bit here, but let's just give kind of a quick thing here. Uh, your top three right now be Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson. Backing them would be Amari Rogers, Juwan Winfrey, Sammy Watkins. Obviously, then you have another <laughs> five guys there, Romeo Dobbs and Samori Tari. Uh, we're both draft picks. Malik Taylor returns. He he have had, a, had a rough game in the playoffs. Rico Gafford, uh, Danny Davis. Uh, they they quite a pretty expansive room there. Even if you just look at those starters, where are you rating this group? Um, I don't feel too confident about about this. I love Alan Lazard. I have been a huge Alan Lazard fan all along, even through some of his struggles he's had, but. Um, I always felt that Rodgers should have gotten him the ball a little bit more. Um, Cobb is going to be a safety blanket. He will always be where Rodgers wants him to be. Um, and I think that that veteran leadership definitely will help. He'll kind of, um, you know, he'll be able to mentor the new guys. I'm really hopeful for Christian Watson. Kind of, as I mentioned before, I, I expect nothing out of Sammy Watkins just because of um, he's just so injury prone and I, I think that's tough, but he is a veteran and he's been in, he's, he's played with Patrick Mahomes. He's played with, uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, he, he knows what is necessary. Um, I really like the rookies they drafted Dobbs and Torre. Um, I'm not sold on Amari Rogers. Um, I think I'd like to see Samori Torre get, more of his snaps and maybe in the return game as well. Um, but okay. I feel less confident about this group. I'd say I almost put them at a C plus just where we are. I think I'm going to be less magnanimous to give him a C minus Cobb is an old reliable and he's not going to be coming off an injury like he did when they activated him for the playoffs last year. And he was a non-entity. Uh, it'll be nice to have him in the slot. Um, Amari Rogers was supposed to be his replacement, but I'm, I was disappointed and I, I'm not going to write him off entirely because it was just his first rookie season. I think Rogers is going to lean heavily on Lazard. Uh, I think um, Watson will come on, but I really, 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 and we'll talk about this later. Hope we get somebody in free agency. Not that I, we can afford anybody, but just a little more rookie experience because it's Lazard Cobb and a bunch of young guys and yeah, that'll force Rogers to not have a favorite. If he were to have a favorite, I think it's going to be Lazard this year. And who knows? Maybe that spreading it out will help. Maybe it'll make him target uh, the tight ends a little bit more. You've got you've also got running backs that can receive very well. Um, but yeah, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in this this very large cast of characters, but kind of thin on the talent. So yeah, I'm going to say C minus. All right. What grade did you give him, John? I missed that. C plus. C plus. All right. So we're going to move on to the tight end group. Uh, tight end, we're going to have Robert Tunyon, who spent the season injured and has been kind of a, a 
persona non grata a little bit this year when they had some big talks of trades with Raiders made us think that maybe Tunyon's not ready to come back. Mercedes Lewis looks like he's back for one more year, possibly. Uh, Josiah Degara is back. Dominic Daphne, then an assortment of uh, free agents and other such. Where do you, where do you put this group, guys? I, I would think that you know Big Bob is is, but you know before the injury, he was primed to have a huge year. You know he led the league in t- uh, touchdown receptions for tight ends. I think the year before. Um, hopefully, he can get back to to where he was. I mean, it was just kind of a fluke non-contact injury, you know, as, as he was running on, along. And I, I mean, like, like you had said, the, the trade talks to maybe get, bring in Darren Waller. Um, and that would have been huge. That'd have been an A plus in my opinion. I, I think that, I think we almost got to go B, B minus just because of the unknown of Tanyan's um, return. And if he's going to be healthy, I like Josiah DeGuara a lot. Um, you know, obviously we know Mercedes Lewis is, reliable he's in there to block more so but he'll you know one to two catches a game are, are great um and dominique daphne is still kind of raw in my opinion um yeah i mean i i just it all kind of relies on and it depends on where tanya is health-wise yeah and i think it's important to remember that most people an acl recovery is nine to twelve months so the clock is still ticking for him but it was encouraging that they resigned him and didn't just end him packing. So that tells me a little bit that he's, he's moving along from a rehab aspect. Um, I'm going to have to give him a C. I'm going to, I'm going to be lower, but I like Josiah Degara. And if you look at this um, reference that we're looking at depth chart, they also list him as a fullback and they put him in that fullback capability. So that kind of gives him an intangible that the other, the other um, tight ends don't have. He's, you know, he's a good blocking back. So I think we're going to be seeing him in, in situations like this. We've gone away from a traditional fullback. Mercedes Lewis. Yeah. Like you said, he's old, reliable. He's not incredibly fast, but he's got good hands and those one to two catches a game sometimes add up to touchdowns. Yeah. I wish it's, it's all going to come down to whether Tony is healthy or not. And if he can play, I suspect we'll see him more in the second half of the season, but time will tell. So we'll move on now to the offensive line, and we're going to take this as one large group. But uh, David Bakhtiari, you're really hoping, is back and healthy. Uh, you're really hoping that Josh Runyon, left guard, is going to be able to play well. We've got Sean Ryan, uh, who was a third-round draft pick, backing him up, possibly going to make a run at it. Josh Myers uh, sitting at center. Uh, we got Royce Newman, Cole Van Lannen, Zach Tom backing up Elton Jenkins. Possibility one of those two rookies, if they can uh, uh, possibly establish themselves uh, and become starters, might be able to give us a little more uh, room to move some of the other guys around. Maybe both of them can move into guard. We're not sure. Um, really, guys, this is an important group. This grade is probably the one I'm most interested in because all those other grades we just gave, none of them matter if this group isn't solid. So, And ultimately, it comes down to is Bakhtiari ready to go? Mm-hmm. And is he ever going to be 100% again? Yeah, he's, I mean, he's getting long in the tooth, but, you know, the 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 connection between he and Rodgers is second to none, you know, as it was with Devontae too, but um, even a banged up Bakhtiari or not completely healthy, you still feel pretty good about what he's capable of. He's an all pro. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a reason for that. Um, I... I'd like to say B. Um, I think Sean Ryan is going to be playing sooner rather than later. Um, y- Yash Nyman, 
he played huge last year. And losing Billy Turner, in my opinion, was is a pretty big loss. Um, you know, Josh Myers played really well last year. I felt, and Elkton Jenkins, Elk, Elkton Jenkins, I think, I think he'll be just fine. I think Zach Tom will see the field. Um, I think I think both of the the linemen, the offensive linemen we drafted in the third and fourth rounds, I think um, I think will play. Uh, and this is another, just like the defensive line, this is another position group where you have to have the depth because we've we've seen how banged up this group has gotten in the past however many seasons that everybody who's listed first and second string they're gonna play. Yeah, that's that's inevitable, and it seems like. We get to around game 9, 10, 11. We seem like we have nobody as a backup when they start getting hurt. Uh, whether or not Bacteria plays, I think Yash Nyman will be ready. I was very impressed with his play. He did not play like a nobody. And the fact that we got him for pocket change in the offseason still blows my mind. Because I think he could have commanded a lot elsewhere. Which tells me he wanted to stay with the Packers. But... When you start getting into these third and fourth players on the depth chart, they have to be flexible. They just can't be guards. They just can't be tackles. They've got to be able to go anywhere, including possibly center. Because it always seems like our center goes down in the first quarter of the year and everyone's gnashing their teeth, freaking out about it. So we need to have versatility in our backups as well. So what was your grade? I'm going to give him a B. A B. All right. Sounds good. Well, that's a B offensive line. That's going to make uh, everything else tick uh, behind it. So hopefully you're right. I would. Wish that was an A, but you know, we can't. I guess we can't have all pros at every position. But I, they they do strike me a little bit like our wide receiver group. There's an awful lot of uh, talent there, a lot of quantity there, and you just hope some of them will step up and really do well there. Let's hit the defensive side, and we'll start with the defensive line. Obviously, as the aforementioned Devontae Wyatt uh, looking to be anchored at one of the end spots, Dean Lowry on the other side, and Kenny Clark in the middle. Backing those guys up, we got Jerron Reed. Uh, came in as a uh, UFA, uh, Ted Darrell Slayton, Jack Heflin, and then um, draft pick Jonathan Ford, seventh rounder, and then a couple of uh, UFAs, undrafted free agents. So, But going back to the starters, Wyatt, Clark, and Lowry, how are you feeling? I think that this position group is probably a little bit weaker than it was last year, um, losing Zadarius Smith. Now, with that being said, he barely played last year, but we know the presence he commanded and the attention he commanded from the offense. I think we have to go with a C almost or a C, maybe C plus, but it's just so unknown. I mean, obviously Kenny Clark is there. Preston Smith, is he good or was he good because of Zadarius Smith? You know, I, I just, I don't know what we'll get out of that. Um, and I think, you know, similar thing. We touched on this earlier. Um, all these guys listed are going to play. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. I'm nervous. I don't know. I'm a little more optimistic than John. I'm going to give them a B and I think Preston Smith actually had a better season last year because he didn't have Zadarius Smith. It was on him. Um, I think the week one out is actually Dean Lowry. He's solid, but not flashy. And I think Devontae Wyatt's really going to contribute right away. You know, he might not be, we have him listed. Some people list him first on the depth chart. If he's not, he's going to be there quickly. Um, again, what happens if somebody gets in? You know, we, we're fine with the number ones on the depth chart. And then we start dropping off. I do like Jaron Reed, though. I think he's going to, he might actually be the starter at the beginning of the season. And then I think he'll, that he'll give way to Devontae Wyatt. Um, 
Yeah, again, just like the offensive line, we need lots and lots of backups. We need to be able to rotate them through because these big bodies tend to get hurt early and often. And they, they're all good for missing a game or two. Um, but I think I'm a little more optimistic because I like what I saw last year. I think we're going we to miss we're gonna miss Lancaster more than anybody because Zadari Smith went out so early with his back injury. And then he hinted at coming back and then he was a non-entity leaving. Um, when he was when he was healthy, he was great. But the the defense was fine last year without him. All right. Well, I'll I'll agree with you. I think uh, you look at our starting three. That's great, but they don't tend to stay starting the whole year, and that 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 depth at defensive line is a little scary for me. So yeah, I I would rate him down a little bit closer to where John had him, just for that reason. Linebackers, though. When was the last time we've been able to talk about having four starting level linebackers here? Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary on the outside, Devondre Campbell, All-Pro, and Quay Walker looking to be the guys on the inside. Backing them up, we still have Chris Barnes, Isaiah McDuffie. We have the Kingsley fifth-round Angabari, Angabari. Angabari. We talked about this last time. Yes. Great, great player who's going to have uh, some, some possibility of being a steal in the draft. And Ty Summers is still there. A very deep group, but starting four, boy, that's 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 got to be exciting. Yeah, I think, you know, having an all-pro linebacker right there, you know, Devontae Campbell, what a huge signing he was last year. I mean, w- without him, it, it, I get really nervous what could have been last year. Rashawn Gary just having a breakthrough year. Um, that draft pick is looking less and less sketchy as we move on. I I really like this group. Um, this this first four, um, I would probably give them an A. Um, and then I I think Chris Barnes. It's important that he is a backup and not a starter, but I think he's a quality backup. I like Kinsley Enigbare. I think that's a huge draft pick that they had there. Um, I think he's going to see quite a bit of time as well. Um, and I think he he's pretty raw, but I think he'll develop into a pretty good pass rusher. Um, I'm, I'm happy with this group. I would have to give him an A too. Um, who wasn't excited at game one last year? Like who's number 59 with the dreads? <laughs> Cause he's got a kind of intense. Did anyone ever hear of this guy before last season? No, I think he was the biggest steal in, in free agency. And I'm really impressed with how he's become a leader on the team. I think this, this front four is going to be deadly. It's going to have a huge pucker factor for other teams offenses. And I think we've got pretty decent backup now that Chris Barnes isn't going to be a starter. I think he's, like John said, a much better backup. And as someone I would trust when somebody goes down, but someone that I'm really happy isn't going to be starting it. Um, I think Engabare, I think, was a great pick. And then we have people that are coming back we don't know much about. Because did did Tipa, I can't say his last name, Gallier, did he get any playing time last year? Do you guys remember? Uh, it's uh, very minimal, I think. Yeah, I think mostly in the preseason. So I'm really happy with what we have. I think this is probably the strongest part of our defense. And like I've said several times, I think this is going to be a very evenly matched offense defense team where it isn't going to be just waiting on Rodgers and his arm to try to hang 40 on, you know, 35, 42 points and try to win it. I think this is going to be a defense that's going to hold back even Tom Brady at times. All right, so let's move on to defensive back. So, I mean, there's a lot to go on. I mean, there's a lot of uh, uh, positions, obviously, looking at the cornerback safeties. We're going to take it all as one large group. Right now, we're returning a lot of last year's starters. You know, at the corners right now, starters, Darnell, oh, excuse me, um, we got Eric Stokes uh, and Rasul Douglas on the corners. And at safety, we have Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage. 
uh, the depth starts getting a little more nervous, especially when you start thinking about who's going to come in and start playing those nickel and maybe dime backs. We've got uh, Shamar Jean Charles, uh, Sean Davis, Vernon Scott, Cabion uh, Ento, Tariq Carpenter, who was a draft pick this year. Um, it, it, the, the, star, the starting four looks great. Uh, depth makes me nervous. I I so Kelly said that she thinks that the linebackers are the best group. I think this is the best group and I'm going to give them an A and it's not because of who is listed, it's because who is not listed and that is Kevin King. He, and I am so happy that he is not listed. Um but it also wouldn't surprise me if they they do bring him back later. Um you know, depending on how things shake out once we get in the preseason and camp rolls around but uh, with Stokes, Amos, Savage, Douglas, and Jair, uh, that's a scary group. Um, and I think Darnell Savage is the one who has a lot to prove this year um, because he's been banged up, and I'm not totally sold that he's a first-round safety, but um, I I really like this group. The, like you said, CD, the backups make me a little bit nervous, but I think Tariq Carpenter will make the team. I think he'll play. Um, you know, Vernon Scott has experience. Gene Charles has experience. But aside from that, ooh. So I missed the point. When did Kevin King get not re-signed? Because I thought they were going to re-sign him for like dirt cheap because it was cheaper to keep keep him around. He's still available, I think. He's still sitting out there. Eh, let him be then. <laughs> let him be. Let yeah, I, John is right. This is really a really stout secondary. And the fact that Alexander is going to be healthy again is really... I would not be surprised if there are many, many, many interceptions this year and hopefully darnell not darnell savage um hopefully razul douglas can repeat his many pick sixes yeah i think this is the most complete we've been in years i think we the packers had to settle with kevin king for so long and i think it, it always seems like with first round draft choices we we keep them around a year or two past their expiration date because it feels like we have to get some investment on a return but i really like what we have right now um like I, I agree with John. I think Savage has the most to prove and possibly the most to lose. But I think when you pair him up with the other three, that's a very dangerous grouping. So what was your grade? Um, I'm gonna say A minus. A minus. Yeah, I'm gonna say A. All right. Um, I'll probably go with an A minus too, just because of the lack of depth. So as I'm doing the GPA here, um, I have um, John. You come in at a three point one six three is your your gpa there it's good enough to be a high school gym teacher this is true all right and kelly will be at a 3.125 both uh very good gpas hopefully uh that'll translate to a solid uh season for the packers but obviously we don't win any championships in the off season but we're going to call this one a win for the third quarter uh sounds good to me we're going to move on to our fourth quarter looking forward to talking to you about this john uh, let's go back and look at that wide receiver crew and let's really kind of break this down. I know that you're a big Aaron Rodgers fan. So let's dig into this. We got, if we're looking at maybe our top five guys, so let's just say it's Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, and Amari Rodgers. Talk to me about what that's doing for you. How is that making you feel with that wide receiver room right now? Well, it makes me a little bit nervous. Um, to, I just I don't know if Lazard is ready to step up to be one or one A. Um, you know, always having rookie wide receivers come in um, and trying to be an 
impact player right away is very difficult, especially when you have someone so tactical and strategic and almost a perfectionist on the field as Rodgers is. Um, he doesn't have much patience for not being in the right spot. Um, I, I'm hopeful, but overall, without Devontae and MVS, like there's a lot of a lot of reps in those two guys being gone. Um, and so I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. But I, as we kind of mentioned before, I know that they're not wide receivers, but bringing in AJ, um, AJ Dillon, you know, he had some catches out of the backfield last year. And Aaron Jones is a great receiving running back. I, I think those guys are going to have to be 50 plus catches this year um, to kind of alleviate some of the pressure off of our wide receiver crew. Um, hopefully Cobb's healthy and he'll be, he'll be in the right spot. He'll be Rogers go to third and three, third and four. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Lazard, I expect double digit touchdowns. Everybody, those other four guys, whatever we get is, is beauty to me. I think. Well, I think the thought is that we have replaced quality with quantity. Uh, we certainly have a lot of guys on the depth chart, uh, there's no, you know, there's not going to be any lack of people to throw to uh, in training camp this year. But, you know, you really kind of do go down. You got Randall Cobb. Is this a guy who can go up and get a ball? If he throws a slightly off pass, is Cobb the guy who can go up and get? I don't know if he was necessarily even that guy when he was in his prime. I, I, I definitely don't think he's that guy now. I'm, I worry that he, you know, he's such a veteran that, if he does go up for that ball and he comes down, he might not, he might be missing three weeks. Um, <laughs> Lazard's a huge target. You, you know, his hands have gotten better. Um, his route running has gotten better. I'm pretty excited to see what he do in, in kind of a little bit more of a primary role. Um, I really like how big Christian Watson is. That was one of the things with the other wide receiver in the draft class is like he's big and the other guys were, you know, they, they seem more like like slot receiver height and build. Um, so I'm happy that they got Christian Watson. Um, I, and, and like I said before, Sammy Watkins, give us something, please, because the veteran presence, um, the experience, uh, we know he can do it. He's played on winning teams before. Um, give us something. But, I, you know, the other the other Dobbs and Torre, I'm really I'm really hopeful and excited that they the field in front of Amari Rogers, in my opinion. Um, I think that would be huge. I, I agree. I think I think Watson Watson's going to come on and play early and often. I think we're going he's going to be expected to step up sooner than you would expect for a rookie. But I think we can be okay if Tunyon's healthy, Aaron Jones is healthy, and we can spread the love around when it comes to the passes. In fact, this might make Rogers a better player because he's not going to get tunnel vision with one receiver. I think I, I think you're right, and I I think there's a lot of faith right now in Christian Watson to be that Javon Walker, Devontae Adams type receiver, because really I don't think they have anyone on the roster who can do that. Really, to me, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, and to a degree, Amari Rogers are the same guy. Um, <clears throat> they don't have a lot of height. Like you said, they're kind of that slot receiver type. Cobb and Watkins are a little brittle. Amari is, you know, had a lot of inconsistency last year as a receiver. So none of them, I really don't look at Cobb Watkins or Amari as being an, a wide receiver one. So it brings you really down to Christian Watson and Alan Lazard, who are going to be the prime guys. But I think Kelly brought up the point I was going to make 
John brought up earlier that, you know, the wide receivers are really going to have to contribute and be additional targets. Bob Tunyon, hopefully he's back. And if he can be back even at, you know, close to the level he was before he got hurt, that makes this group a lot better. And I think a lot of this is predicated on can they establish the run early? Because if that happens, I think a lot of pressure gets taken off of all of these receivers. All right. And we're going to go to uh, Kelly's fantasy land to conclude here. Uh, Kelly, in your mystical, magical world in which we have unlimited amounts of money and a irrational general manager, are there some unrestricted free agents that you're still interested that the Packers could sign before uh, we start training camp this year? Well, if you look at the pundits around the NFL, they keep listing a whole bunch, and none of them I'm actually that interested in. You've got Jarvis Landry as a slot receiver. Well, we already have that, and much cheaper than him with Randall Cobb. And and you look at some of the writers, they're like, oh, everyone, Packers need to sign Landry. He's not even listed in the top 11 slot receivers, so I'm not all that impressed. And he, he granted, he turned down a pile of cash to, to uh, walk away from Cleveland. Does that make him good? No, he just doesn't want to play for Cleveland, and who would? Um, you've got Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's a funny one. The guy is about as toxic as they come. You really think he's going to get signed in Green Bay? No. The, there's Julio Jones, and if he wasn't 10 billion years old and injury prone and not worth a gazillion bucks, I might consider him. But there's been lots of rumors that he, and he may have already done it tonight, the signing with Indy. And then there's Will Fuller. Eh, he doesn't do anything for me. And then there's OBJ. They're like, oh, he'd be a perfect fit in, in Green Bay. But he has two dead knees. He's had two ACL injuries in the past two and a half years. So even if we had the cash and we don't, I just wanted to mention that, yeah, they're out there. I don't think we're going to sign them. John, what do you think? Of those five you listed, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Will Fuller, and OBJ, the only two who I would be interested in are Will Fuller and Julio Jones. Um, Julio Jones, oh, if we could have the Julio Jones of five years ago, maybe. But, um, yeah, the price tag might be too much. Last year, he really was a non-factor in Tennessee. Um, You know, when he was there with A.J. Brown, who's who's no longer there, he's now on the Eagles, that was a scary combo coming into the year, but Julio Jones got hurt and then he did nothing. Will Fuller, I think he could be a great deep threat. Um, I, I, you know, he could be an MVS type, uh, but the problem with him is he's either suspended because of performance and substances or he's injured. Like, I don't know if he's ever played a full season, um, but he, he's a deep threat. Um, like you said, Landry, Slot receiver. We got enough of those. AB, no thank you. Not touching him with a thousand foot pole. Um, and OBJ, he's good, but he has no knees. And I don't love how much attention he needs. And then we come back to what CD always points out, that we have no money to pay any of these guys. Unless, of course, we extend everyone else through like eight years after they retire, which they are doing at times. So, All right. Well, we're going to take that as a fourth quarter. May as well take that as a, I don't know if we'll take that as a win, maybe a push. A push? It's not a loss. Push. <laughs> so if we, if we don't sign them, it's not a loss. Right. So since we have uh, B averages for the third quarter, we're going to call that a win. So 3-0-1, that's a pretty good show. And that's going to take us to the end of this week's Cheesehead Radio.
Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Cheesehead Radio in our 13th season. And thanks to John for joining us on the show. Make sure to head over to PackersTalk.com where you can explore several unique Packers podcasts. Please follow at PackersTalkNet on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Cheesehead Radio and all Packers Talk podcasts can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your pods. If you like the pods, show us some love and leave us a review. You can also find us on Siri, Alexa, or Google just by saying, Play Packers Talk Podcast. Hey, that's a wrap. Go Pack Go. Thanks for joining us on the Hot Mess Express, everybody. Go Pack Go.